Hi, welcome to the Tell Me What You're Proud Of podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maggie Perry. I'm a licensed psychologist with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. I'm also the founder of the online group therapy platform, Huddle.Care. I love helping people overcome anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mood disorders, and stress. Please join us each week as we share real sessions with actual clients that reveal helpful techniques for effectively dealing with anxiety, OCD, mood disorders, and stress. We'll discuss what effective therapy looks like, sounds like, and feels like. We'll follow our guests as they overcome their biggest fears and find that despite their biological vulnerabilities, they can still live a rich, full, and meaningful life. My therapeutic approach is strengths-based and seeks to find and reinforce what clients do well to help them generalize those skills towards areas where they're stuck. My model for psychotherapy can be summed up as this. You tell me what you're proud of, and I'll help you become effective and happy across all areas of your life. Thanks for listening, and let's get the show started. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you're looking for a great place online to practice the mental health improving tips from this episode that's also COVID safe and HIPAA compliant, consider joining Huddle.Care. Huddle is an online mental health club. We offer additional education about mental health through our weekly newsletter. We provide support for your mental health through our community time and our altruism club, which is like a book club for your mental health. We teach new ways of relating to your anxiety and OCD through our skills groups and our individual out-of-network psychotherapy. We strive to meet you where you are in your mental health journey and provide what you need. Okay, now enjoy the episode. Hi, it's Dr. Maggie Perry. Huddle.Care is growing. If you are a licensed mental health professional in any state and you're interested in joining my team to run individual sessions or group sessions, please email me at team at huddle.care and I'll send you some more information. Thanks. Hi, I'm Dr. Maggie Perry. This is Tell Me What You're Proud Of. And we are with the third session with Larissa. So this month we've been talking about preparing for the anxious moment, which includes four steps. First, we want to identify an anxious moment as as an opportunity to practice. And what we mean by that is we can't just learn to once we acknowledge that we have anxiety and that it's created, maintained, and intensified by avoidance, we can't just learn intellectually that we should no longer avoid. We actually have to get our body anxious and then get into the anxious situation and teach ourselves that we're not in threat by not avoiding in order for our brains to actually relearn that whatever seemed threatening is actually not threatening. So the reason that we start with identifying triggers as opportunities to practice is because we need to orient ourselves towards approach rather than avoidance. So the next thing that we're going to do is be ready for our anxious interpretations. And so that can be um, noticing I'm having the thought that, for instance, my rapid heartbeat means that I'm going to have a heart attack and if I had a heart attack, then, um, you know, I would die from that heart attack or there'd be other consequences for myself and my family. That type of thing would be an anxious interpretation of the initial sensation of like a rapid heartbeat. Um, so we want to identify the anxious interpretations that we can expect. We want to commit to our values. So in the last group, we were talking about how commitment to values helps you practice the willing attitude of acceptance. And then finally today, Larissa and I are going to talk about what self-talk helps us commit to the, to helps us show up to the present moment, willing to accept the anxiety that we're experiencing. 
So first off, Larissa, can you just summarize for us again what types of triggers you have, like whether they're internal or external? What triggers your anxiety? Well, actually, I think uh, I, I have both internal and external. External situations, um, I, I, I'm, I'm really starting to look at the, the different phases of my external triggers. And that's really helping me to uh, move to that place where I can have healthy self-talk instead of um, letting the um, situation make me even more anxious. And then it turns into negative thinking. So, um, but uh, both external and internal. Do, do you want uh, examples of them or? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, well, like an example of an external trigger could be, um, well, actually just, I realize anytime I do something new or different, like when I used to work as a, a nurse, um, I always enjoyed being uh, part of a team. But when I was put, when I went on in my education, I was put in more um, like a leadership role or administrative role. And that that was so anxiety producing. And I I kind of, w I wish I knew then what I know now, because- In what sense? Well, the feelings I had led me to think I wasn't competent, I couldn't do it, I'm gonna fail. And, um, and in some, and then I would start to avoid. And um, it, 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 it really made the situations difficult. If I were to do it now, I could say, okay, um, I'm feeling anticipatory anxiety. This is something new and um, I'm bound to feel this way. It, it's just a thought, it's a feeling. It doesn't mean it's a real threat. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm ready for this opportunity or I probably wouldn't have been presented with it. But I, I didn't have the confidence at the time or um, I didn't know enough about my anxiety to even realize I was, anxious you know it wasn't a, my anxiety was not a sign of incompetency um so what happened often is when i got in that situation and it also happens like with covid if i'm uh if i'm in a situation that feels threatening um i i have trouble just focusing on that present moment and um my anxiety yeah. was over and then i i felt like i had to run or avoid it you know or I made a mistake even trying to do this. And yeah, if I can just summarize that back to yeah. then, basically you're saying that one of the external triggers that you've had throughout your life is when presented with a new opportunity, your mm -hmm. mind, you'd get anticipatory anxiety like this because it was challenging and uncertain, but your mind would interpret that challenging, uncertain opportunity as like the sensations meant that you were incompetent or mm -hmm. that it was a threat and a prediction that you were going to do something wrong. So then in the presence of that opportunity, you might have even either like completely avoided it. So not taking the leadership position or um, went towards it with um, while like bracing against it. And so lots of people go through their lives, um, you know, not completely situationally avoiding, but avoiding the thoughts, feelings, and sensations that come with the new opportunity in front of them always kind of thinking that they're incompetent and that they're, the feelings that they're having means that they're not going to be able to do the thing that they're doing. So the self-talk that you just used that, okay, I'm having the feeling of anxiety. 
this means I'm doing, I would say this means I'm doing something I care about. It's challenging and uncertain. And my body gives me extra adrenaline when I'm doing something challenging and uncertain that I care about. And it isn't a message prediction or threat. It's okay that these sensations are here. I can redirect my attention back to the present and just um, continue to focus on the skill in front of me rather than what's happening internally. Um, so I appreciate that example. I think you were also starting to think to talk about a COVID example. So do you want oh, to be more specific about that? Well, like um, <clears throat> just very recently this week, I had an opportunity to get together with my sister and um, you know, it's gotten to the point it's over a year. I mean, it's coming on a year and uh, I mean, I, I see my sister, but only for brief moments. So we made a plan to get together and um you know, I, I, I did all the right protocol to prepare and my sister isn't as careful as, I don't think she's as careful as I am, but I'm probably scrupulously careful too. I realize that. But anyways, um, at one point I felt like I got too close and all of a sudden it, it took away the enjoyment of just getting together. And I, I made the decision to get together with her based on my values. I missed my sister and, and she brought up the subject of let's get together because she was, she lives alone and she's lonely. So it was, I felt like it was a good opportunity both to um, embrace my COVID fears instead of avoid and isolate. And it was a nice time to spend time with my sister, which doesn't always happen. So, but as soon as I got too close that I felt like I got too close and it was just like a moment it triggered. I had that whoosh of anxiety that feeling like, um, oh gosh, um, I, I had the anticipatory anxiety before, but during the situation, I was overcome with, oh gosh, I blew it. I really messed up. I got too close. I, I didn't, I didn't prepare. I should have known. But then I, I was able to stop myself and say, wait a minute, this is um, an opportunity because I started right away in the midst of the visit, going into that post-event processing, blaming myself, feeling like I made a big mistake. But I was able to cut it off and say, wait a minute, this is an opportunity. This is a nice, brief visit. And I, I, I don't want to blow it. You know, I want to enjoy this time. And um, so I was able to uh, enjoy the short time we had together. It wasn't even that long of a visit. But um, but the that post event processing came back, and I have to admit I did I did get reassurance from my husband, but um, he's wise enough, and I became wise enough that I don't need that. I don't need to keep getting the reassurance that it was okay, and and I um, I can just take a leap of faith and just say hey. I had an opportunity and, and I'm going to stay with that to overcome my COVID fears because sometimes my COVID fears would say, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. So. Yeah. So I'm hearing a lot of shifts there. First, thinking about this incidental moment that you got anxious as an opportunity is a huge shift away from like, oh no, I've done something wrong. This is a huge threat. Um, so that's really great. I like the way that you, um, were willing to take this risk because you were committing to your values. And then 
in you noticed your anxious interpretations and then came back to your helpful self-talk. So it sounds like you really did a great job, even though, um, you know, when you commit to the helpful self-talk, it doesn't mean that the anxiety is immediately going to go away. So you still had some (laughs) post-event processing afterwards, but were you also kind of expecting that? Like, did you know the post-event processing was coming? Yes. Especially when I, um, once I got that whoosh, I mean, I didn't at that moment think about it, but after a while, you know, when I went to the farm, I went to, from there, I proceeded with what I was going to do. And I went to the farmer's market and I just uh, let myself kind of be in the moment of what I was doing and not get caught up in that. uh, I did the wrong thing. Um, I should have known not to get that close. And I just said, nope, I'm going to the farmer's market. I can enjoy this time and not beat myself up. So, um, yeah, I, you're, yeah, I did anticipate that that, that would happen. And you're you know, making but, a great point that oftentimes the anxious interpretations aren't just the catastrophic thinking that around what, what could occur, but it's also, um, like beating yourself up self-criticism for the fact that it's happening in the first place and what you might've done wrong. Um, it can be the feeling of hopelessness, helplessness, guilt around like, it's not just that this catastrophe could occur, but also what if I'm now I'm stuck in OCD and that influences my life, my work, my family, my friends, something else in my life that I care about. What if it never goes away? What if I'm stuck with this forever? What if this is evidence that all the progress that I've made is for not. So there's all kinds of interpretations people will make um, once the anxiety shows up. And if you're ready for where your mind typically goes and you're ready with like, wait a second self, this is actually an opportunity. This is how I'm going to reorient myself towards a willing attitude of acceptance. And even if I can't get to it perfectly, like I don't um, fully feel completely willing because it's also very uncomfortable or there's some kind of consequence here that it feels threatening to be anxious for some reason, even bringing up that as a reminder and like intending to be willing can be a really nice next step. Do you have any yeah. thoughts about that, Larissa? Yeah, I, actually I do because um, just in reflecting over it, I think uh, one, I realized that was an opportunity to, to, to really have some compassion on myself too and say, hey, I did something that I knew was gonna be uncomfortable because it, 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 it just is. If I go to the market, it's uncomfortable, but I've, I've overcome that. I go to the market and I don't get um, sensitized. The other thing is, as I, I realize now, a couple days after having that time with her, that I'm already starting to think about, okay, I look forward to getting together with her again. Because, and, and that really... Um, instead of getting caught in that, okay, next time I'm going to be more careful, I'm going to do this and that, I'm already careful. But I can, I, I was able to just, I, found, I felt really good about it because it just kind of welled up inside of me like, hey, I can do this and I really look forward to that, you know, um, to see her again. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's something, I think that that's leaning into my anxiety and also it's going by my values and, and, and that's what I want to do. Yeah, that's really great. Oftentimes when people talk about what makes them willing to be anxious, it starts out as like, I just want relief from what I'm experiencing. (laughs) 
So my main value is my health and my, and relief from the suffering. Um, Mm -hmm. Other values that people often lean on are like commitment to their family or their work or some other part of their life that is, that's being impaired by having so much anxiety. Um, It can also be values like courage or compassion that keep people going and help them maintain hope. What you just said, Larissa, around um, um, getting excited about things that you wouldn't be excited for if you were anxious is a really nice um, benefit of the therapeutic attitude of willing acceptance, that you weren't just willing to be anxious in the moment that you were um, anxious, in the moment that you were doing something that was uncertain and challenging, but you were also willing to stay with yourself through the full process so that now for the same thing in the future, it's not like, oh no, I'm going to be anxious again. I've got to well up this like opportunity mindset, but rather you actually want to do that behavior. And now if you're confident that you can handle any anxiety that comes with it, then you actually get to experience the excitement of doing things that you want to be doing. Do you have thoughts about that? Um. Yeah, I, I would say that, that I agree with that. And um, I kind of had that same, um, that same, I finally arrived at that kind of thinking with when I was, I was thinking about internal triggers. And I, um, I real at first I thought, well, I don't know what my internal triggers are other than, you know, that the intrusive thoughts, but um I had a situation the other day, and I can tell you about it if, if you sure. want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, I, and well, I, I just woke up the other day, and well, actually, it was the day after I saw my sister. And uh, so I'm sure I still had all of that underneath unsettling. Um, but I, I woke up, and I just felt really uneasy. And I, at the minute I felt uneasy, I thought, wow. And there was no particular reason but it, it caused that whoosh of anxiety. And then I started thinking, okay, why is this happening? What's wrong? I, oh, I did something wrong. And um, it, it just really started getting to be um, very intrusive, my thinking. And then um, you talked about in, in your recent, um, most recent newsletter about getting to that place of feeling discouraged and hopeless. And I didn't feel hopeless, but I did experience all of a sudden I had all this guilt come over me that, um, you know, like my great niece really wants to come spend the night and bring a friend and have a sleepover. And 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 we used to do that. Well, I, I started feeling guilty that I'm not doing that or I'm not feeling I'm not spending enough time with our grandkids. We should be doing more of that. And um, it, I really was feeling a lot of guilt about it. And the truth is, even with COVID, we do try to spend time with them. So I had to really work that through and um, just look at mine. But I had to really try to work it through. But I came to the point of thinking, okay, maybe right now I'm, um, I'm I was feeling some shame and fear like, okay, well, okay, we'll do something. Um, we'll spend some more time, but then right away, the doubt and uncertainty, like, well, if we do more than we're doing, we're going to be at risk. And it, and then I got back the guilt came back. But what finally happened is I just, I had to sit with it and I did my meditation and I thought, okay, this is going to pass. We're getting closer to a vaccine. 
the, you know, time, it's going to change. And I started making plans um, of fun things we can do, like even get a basketball hoop for the, put it in the front, you know, and get some fun things for when the kids to come over, um, they can have more fun, you know? So I felt like that intrusive thought, I, I worked it through, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you had an internal trigger. You It gave you the feeling of anxiety and of guilt, but rather than fearing that and taking that into like, why is this happening? What does it mean? How long am I going to feel it? You just got curious about the values underneath your guilt and your anxiety mm-hmm. and connecting your values of like um, commitment to family and um, being connected with your family. You were able to like come up with a flexible and creative way to implement that value at another time. So rather than getting bogged down by guilt and anxiety about not being the person that you think you should be, you just shifted it towards like, okay, how can I show up for my family in these coming months? Um, Which, yeah, that's a great way to work through um, an internal trigger like that. It seems like if you were afraid of the anxiety in the first place, you might not have been able to stay with it long enough to come up with a creative solution. Right, exactly. And as you were saying that, I thought of when I would have that kind of feeling in the past, that's when I would start to jog. <laughs> and wow. I, I, I would jog in the house. I'd jog in the, if I, I was in the bathroom when it happened. I probably would just start jogging in the bathroom and say, I got to go for a run, you know, but um, I, I didn't do that, you know, and I have been intentionally, and I love to get outside and walk, but I intentionally um, didn't do that. And I thought, okay, what is going on here? And I was able to um, feel that, that whoosh, which at one time I would have thought something's definitely wrong because why would I have such an uneasy feeling? And I would have felt worse if I'm running from it and letting myself feel that anxiety. And I had the part of the whoosh was that I didn't even know what was causing it. You know, I didn't, but as I let it play out um, or as it played out and I didn't run from it or jog or anything, um, I realized that guilt feelings came up and I, I saw how bad I felt that I didn't, that we weren't getting together, you know, but, um, but as a result of it, I, I learned something about myself. And I also began to realize that um, I think I, I really tried to work with that. And, and I realized, I, I think I'm coming to a point where if this makes sense, I'm, I'm recognizing some of my beliefs, my own belief system that might, might bring on that feeling. Like I'm always, doing something wrong, you know, or, um, or if I'm not careful, something bad will happen. And so as a result, if I would avoid and, um, and then it would just make my anxiety worse, if that makes sense. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. So are you able to catch those? It sounds like you're catching those beliefs too, when you're starting to get anxious. And so you're able to chant like, um, when you felt anxious about um, potentially not spending enough time with your grandkids, you were able to challenge the idea that you're always doing something wrong and like stay with the feeling until you figured out what a more flexible option was? Yes, yes, exactly. And 
and and realize too that uh that that, that actually that's a lie <laughs> because in the midst of covid we are i'm doing the best that i can to have quality time and still follow the guidelines and and i'm realizing that i'm somebody that doesn't do well with uncertainty and it may always be a bit of a trigger for me but that i can relate to it differently and i can be easier with myself and but having that moment where i somehow connected what was happening internally to this is an opportunity to get to get curious i came i had that realization that a lot of it is um focuses around my belief system that I, I didn't even recognize that part. And I remember when you first talked about coming to be familiar with those core beliefs that might be negative and, um, but, but have a lot to do with why I'm anxious now, I couldn't pinpoint anything. So I thought that was a really good thing that that kind of just welled up inside of me. And so I've been just in myself, in my own self-talk with just myself trying to say, nope, I don't have to, I don't have to be afraid anymore. You know, I, I have the tools or whatever it, whatever comes up at the moment. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. I think it, it's a great um, explanation of like the second step af after you're understanding what your triggers are, you're practicing preparing for the anxious moment and you're practicing showing up to the anxious moment and being willing to experience <laughs> what you experience. Then as you get curious about that experience, you can start to see what kind of beliefs maintain the anxiety and make it more likely. And then you can see what you can do to challenge it. And then eventually, because you change your beliefs, challenge their beliefs and have more flexible options, you stop doing the things that create, maintain and intensify the anxiety in the first place. And then you're, you don't even have the anxiety anymore. Um, oh, so, nice. Yeah, it is nice. So I'm happy to hear where you are in the process. Um, I'm aware of our time, so we have to go for okay. now, but thank you so much for your time. Okay. Thank you, Maggie. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you're looking for a great place online to practice the mental health improving tips from this episode, that's also COVID safe and HIPAA compliant, consider joining Huddle.Care. Huddle is an online mental health club that strives to meet you where you are in your mental health journey. We have community time, altruism clubs, skills groups, and individual psychotherapy. Head to huddle.care to learn more. And don't forget to tell me what you're proud of whenever you can via email, my website, or on the social media channels. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you felt any benefit from the show, please let us know and share it with anyone you think would also find benefit. As a disclaimer, please consult your doctor or therapist before attempting any strategy shared here. Thank you.